Ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and we got a very, very special show lined up for you tonight. We're going to be flying off the cuff. Plus, we got a new member to the team. We got a, uh, I can't say guest, but a, a new staple on the podcast, Mr. Kenneth Emig... I told you I was going to butcher it. I told you. I was with you. Imegabo. There yes, it is. Yes, yes. Uh, Kenny Imegabo joining the podcast this week, man. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Great, man. We're going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself in full length a little bit later, but I got to go right. around the horn. Mike D down there. You excited, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. My eyes. <laughs> Mike D has just been introduced to the, to the city girl. So, I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we're getting explicit every week anyway, so. <laughs> I told y'all, man, it's the way SoundCloud and iTunes work, so we may as well give them what they ask for, right? Right. Wow. Jay Dace, what's happening, baby? What's going on, man? Another beautiful day in paradise. It's been a minute, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I had to, uh, you know what I mean, uh, take a hiatus real quick, but. Uh... My God. <laughs> it, it has a rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a quick hiatus, but I'm feeling good, man. Good to be back. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Phase on. What's happening, man? Hey, life. All good, man. Just just enjoying. I, I'm home alone with the, the boys today. The wife's at a meeting, so um, got full attention. But you may see me uh, jerk every once in a while to the monitor because Nambi's coughing. Uh, coughing. But um, yeah, I'm good, though. I'm real good. I'm happy to be here. Happy. I miss so last Is uh. Namdi, so ha- have you been sick already, or are you going to catch his sickness once he's? Uh... No, no, it's, I don't think it's even that. That kind of, it's, a, it's a like a kind of dry cough, it's not really wet yet, so there's no germs really coming around. He's he's okay. I think it's just you know the weather and a little bit of allergies, um, so it's fine. It um, doesn't matter. That coconut oil will take care of that anyway. Boom! Every day, <laughs> flush right through. Absolutely. <laughs> and the man, Coach K, what's happening, bro? Uh, I'm here, man. I'm here in the post uh, <laughs> setting uh, Oscars. Ah, bunch of, bunch of black people won. So I'm, I'm always happy about that. That was great to see that happen. Historical night. Spike Lee. Spike Lee was amazing. That was funny. Spike. Man, won. That's what I'm talking about. Finally. Wasn't it? It was great to have Samuel and give it to him. That, that was like, that was like, it couldn't get any better than that. Couldn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, but he seemed a little upset. I mean, what I saw, I did see one for uh, Black Klansman. But then I got a, he had a, I don't know if he had a monologue or something up there while he was receiving an award where he was talking about how last time he was up for something, he, every time somebody's driving, he, he loses. Oh, oh no, no, no. That was after. That was, oh, that after, was after the awards. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That was after the awards. So he, he was nominated, uh, Black Klansman was nominated for three things. I want to say it was uh, Best Screenplay, Adaption, which is what Spike won for, which is shared with two other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also nominated for um, uh, Film of the Year or whatever, whatever the, the thing is. And then there was one Best other, Picture. Uh, yeah, Best Picture. And then, oh, uh, best Best Director, which was Spike as well, but only one for one. 
All good, all good. One of one of one of three. And don't Listen. want people to be com- that's good though. Zach three. He I mean he's been going for years. He should have won on Michael Max, but it's okay. He wasn't even he wasn't even nominated for Malcolm X. I know that's crazy. That was an amazing movie, cinematically. Yeah, he was nominated for Do the Right Thing, um, and then that's the year that Driving Miss Daisy won. Right. That reference was too when he said that every time somebody's driving somebody, he loses. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, deep. I just got it now. <laughs> yeah, which film, <laughs> film of the year ended up being Green Book. Right. That was, yeah. Listen, yep. they they clean house though. Green Book. I'm not mad. I mean, I'm mad at how they they changed it around to not be about like, you know, um, the person that the the orchestra person who's playing like his story, uh, is all about Vigo. But like it's it was still, Vigo, yeah. I'm so happy that it, that they got awards. But I was kind of like, that's not no. The Green Book is not about this person. It's about like the culture that was trying to survive. It's not about the random guy driving them around. But yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, and they only won two awards. They won uh, Mahershala Ali won mm-hmm. for Best Supporting Actor, which was crazy, right? Because you yeah. thought that he was the main actor. Yeah, right? Green Book. Uh, yep. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, Green Book, right? <laughs> right. Uh, which, which Vigo was nominated for, for Best Actor, but didn't get it. Um, and then they won um, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know, my opinion was, look, it, it was a political uh, awards because if you look at the number of brown people, both black and Hispanic, that won. Regina. No, Regina. Um, and, uh, yeah, Regina King. Yeah. Regina King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Regina King. Um, but uh, the number of people between Hispanic and black that won and then the movie that wins Best Picture is a movie about yeah. us. Yeah identifying our differences and loving one another and realizing that we need to respect each other. And then you look at, I think it was the Academy's way of sending a message to the country. Mm. And then remember mm. we had blackout. We had the, we had the blackout. Uh, was that last year? Or year yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year. It was last year. Yep. So. Well, that's good, man. You seeing a change in other times, man. And uh, the, the Academy is catching up with the rest of the world. I should, I guess I should say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Kenny, man, yep. first podcast, man. I want you to introduce yourself to the world. Give us a little bit of background, man, so we can go ahead from there. What do you need to know? I'll tell you everything. Man, we want your social security number. <laughs> and, and leave one number out. I'm not sure where you want to leave it out. Get one number and leave it out. We can get a couple scams going. Everything. Nah, man. Tell us where you're from, man. Born and raised in New York. Still living here, Queens. Went to the U, of course. That's a nice connection I have with a few people there. Um, that's right, all day. Um, what do I do now? I'm a career advisor right now at uh, Berkeley College in New York City. Um, I do business development, do workshops, and um, I don't know. What else you need? He's, he's a father. Uh, my, my nationality, my father. Yeah, I got two kids, a five-year-old daughter, 10-year-old son. Um, well, yeah. Nationality? What we talked about the Nigerian. You say he was Nigerian. Uh-huh. Uh, Nigerian and Guyanese. Hey, Kadu. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the business development, uh, I remember you do. Uh, there's some nonprofit stuff in there, right? Correct. So in my past, I've done a lot of work with nonprofits. Now my current role doesn't really put me in that realm, but uh, I have that in my background. Making money now. <laughs> Can't leave. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
can't leave the little people behind, man. Can't yeah. But I, I stay connected to them. I can't even lie. I stay connected to them because my passion really is about um, youth development and the population I used to work with. So that's, that's a very big pull for me. Um, I think that's where I love to keep myself, even though I am currently in this role. But, um, you know, I always stay connected to that and I'll do that forever. A lot of my workshops that I do are geared towards um, young African-American and males, females. Yeah. With the youth development, man, what do you what is the single most thing that you try to get across to them at this point? Um, I try to get them to believe in themselves for the most part, because I think that a lot of them, uh, at least the population that I've been working with, don't really see um, what a lot of people term as success. Um, so I try to teach them what that is. And that could be a lot of different things to different people. But, um, you know, I think through my workshops and trainings, they're all experiential. Everything I do is hands-on because, you know, I feel like you learn better by, by participating in whatever that activity is. Um, you know, and I just try to get them to really know how to, like, how to dress, how to write resumes, how to communicate with each other. A big thing is public speaking. That's, that's one of my polls, really, public speaking, because I know, you know, they always say people would rather die, you know, before they stand up in front of a crowd and speak. So I get them to have a lot of confidence in themselves and really get out there and be able to speak. But Kenny in the cipher. I was. <laughs> what's up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the um, what's the icebreaker for that man? Because getting teenagers, it sounds like you work with mostly teenagers, right? Uh, sixteen to twenty-four. So six, sixteen to twenty-four years. What's the icebreaker to get somebody like that who has no public speaking experience to get out of that shell and get up there and start speaking in front of a group of people? So actually, the big part of it is the fact that they're part of a group. So I really try to start it at levels where they're in groups. So I would put them in like maybe groups of like four to five people, get them to work together on some type of topic that they feel is important, that they feel is an issue that they're dealing with. Um, and they get all of them together and everybody is a participant. Nobody's a leader. Um, they can nominate a speaker or two speakers, um, but everyone has a chance to speak and get up in front of everybody, but they have the support of the other people behind them. So it's not you by yourself all of a sudden just being thrust in front of a group of people. You have your group that you worked on that with, and if you stumble, they should be there to pick you up. And then after a while, break it down to two. Then you break it down to just them being in front of a group, you know. Nice, nice. So, and you yourself has been public speaking for how, how long? Uh, let's say 18 years, maybe 18, 20. Yeah. Mike, go ahead. Drop a word on him, man. See what he got. <laughs> uh, radio station. Sorry. Two words. Wait, what? What? Oh, so a couple episodes ago, we ran a cypher, right? So we yep. did this Innovation 101 Challenge yeah. um, with Jay Dace and Carol, uh, since they are our public speakers on the, on the team. So adding you to the bunch, we are uh, running the cypher. So Mike loves the cypher. And so we give you a word. You got uh, 60 seconds to give your speech, your spiel, whatever, with that word. And uh, we kind of go from there. So I have to talk about a radio station? Is that what you did, Mike? Uh, yeah, go. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, seriously. Um, what is a radio station? A radio station is a platform where people have the opportunity to uh, showcase their talents. Um, they come to the radio station, and at the radio station, they can either do something where they speak. Some people come to that radio station, and they, um, you know, they could sing. You know, or people come to the radio station where they're able to just talk about a product that they might have, and you know, promote something. So it depends on what their uh, their strength is, or what they're trying to get out to the masses. Uh, so if they come to the radio station and they're singers, you know, you pass the microphone to them. 
let them sing a few bars. The people can judge them and say, you know, this is great, or let's get some work on that. Or they can come to the radio station and say, you know, I'm selling hair products and um, I want everybody to buy them. And I hope you buy into them, log on to my website, you know, do whatever you need to do. Um, you know, I think that's it. I don't know how long I've gone. I could keep going or I could stop. What do you want? Mike, what'd you say? Good enough. Mike drop. <laughs> no, good deal, man. Kenny, we glad to have you, man. Look forward Appreciate to uh, look forward it. to you being on the podcast more in the future, man. Giving your expert perspective on all of the views that we have here sure. on the thirteenth floor. Have you ever worked in a radio station, Kenny? Ah, uh, I see why you did that. Yes, exactly. I did work at a radio station. <laughs> um, actually, at the University of Miami, I was on WVUM, the hip hop shop with Darnella Dunham. Very um, true. Yeah, I was no. My name was Sounds of Blackness. I was on there every night with with uh, Thursday, right? Thursday nights with Darnella Dunham. Wasn't Sounds of Blackness um, a group? Yes. A group? Yes. Yeah? Okay. I was See, young. I, I was in college. cassette tapes, sir. We find the cassette tapes. We got you on record. Okay. I don't have. I don't have any of those. If you find those, I want. I want one. Oh, I he knows where they are. Oh, yeah, I know what they are. I'm, well, I'm definitely, going through them one by one. I'm going through them yeah. one by one. Oh, what? I definitely want to get a copy of those. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the connection, ladies and gentlemen. So Mike and Kenny and Carol, all at the U at the same time, pretty yep. much? Yep. yep. So who was in the most trouble? At most any trouble? Carol? Trouble? See, that, see that guy with the uh, head there? That guy right there with the headset and the mic? Yes. That's you, Mike. <laughs> that guy right there. Yeah, we, we know Mike's. Yeah, we know Mike's story though. The guy in, with the, the guy with the gold boots. That's how I always remember Mike. Oh man, why the gold boots? Come back to the gold boots, man. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go on mute. <laughs> it always comes back to the gold boots. The gold boots. I always remember Mike with the gold boots for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having a great time. <laughs> Easy, man. Well, yeah, like I said, man. Glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have plenty of trips down memory lane. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> so, fellas, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you all are here. Um, I want to talk about... We're glad uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. I really want what you a time here. to be alive. Jay Dace, what you got, man? You add to that? Today. TGIT. TGIT? He said, thank God it's today. Right. Thank God it's today. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, that's a new one. That is a new one. You got to coin that. T-shirt? T-shirt. 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 But yeah, man, I want to talk about my last couple of weeks, man. Um, so for those who haven't heard it before and the guys are familiar with, with it, um, it's a, I'm applying for a, a cannabis, like a processing license in the state of Maryland for a medical cannabis. Um, and we embarked upon this journey a couple of months ago, starting around like November, December. Right. And it's been crazy because as a startup, there's just so many things that go into it. We hit on a lot of them last week with the vision and the structure and all of the things that you need to consider, digesting everything, emotionally stable and whatnot. Um, And so we've been getting ourselves situated and, you know, forming the business and everything. And we've come into contact with different people and had different contracts on the table at different points of time. Some have come and gone. Some are still there. But particularly last, not last week, two weeks ago, I get this phone call about one o'clock in the morning from somebody we've been in contact with semi-consistently throughout this process and kind of helping us along. And the phone call goes along the lines of, hey, there's this opportunity. 
we got this capital investor that's going to be bankrolling an entire operation for you guys. And not only will it be on the processing side, it takes it a step further and allows us to grow um, or grow cannabis to vertically integrate the business, cut costs and things of that nature. And immediately excited about this opportunity because it costs a tremendous amount of money to get into this, this industry in, in Maryland. Highly regulated industry with little to no guideline or template to really follow. So here it is, somebody saying they can bankroll an operation and provide you with that guidance and experience expertise to help, you know, streamline your process, make sure you're going along the right way. And so we get that, we take it back, I take it back to the team, we talk about it and we're, you know, dumb excited to see what that looks like. And then the next day, we go back to not even the negotiating table yet, but I start, conf we, we talking a lot about what's going to go into this. And some of the things that go into it, you know, we, I guess, didn't really consider. So when you talk about somebody bankrolling a, an, an entire operation, the equity, you know, share, that kind mm. of, it's huge. And us being a startup, young gunners, you know, we know what we want. We know what we want to do. We want to have a lot more control over our business, over our brand, and even the equity portion. So it's a hard sell for us at that point in time to eat, you know, less than a controlling share because we've done a lot of the groundwork. And, you know, we personally feel like if you're just bringing this money to the table, we can kind of figure it out, but we don't want to lose control. We don't want to lose our identity just because somebody is coming to the table with this large amount of money. And so at that point, things kind of break down a little bit. And, you know, we find ourselves in a situation where can't really take advantage of this opportunity because there are just some non-negotiables on the table that we just can't, we can't get over. And so now, you know, it takes us back to a spot where, we really have have to look at, you know, what we have, what we're building and how to navigate this space, because here we are in an industry that requires a lot of capital investment. And, you know, for us to need the amount of money that we need, we're talking into the millions of dollars, the cost of that capital and what we're going to have to give up uh, is something that we really got to start going back to and, and considering. Right. But not only that, it's how you prepare to be in the midst of these situations and, you know, these negotiations, because that was something that we hadn't seen beforehand. Um, you know, we got really excited. So like Mike said last week, that emotional stability almost goes out of the door, man. Like I'm, I'm one to tell you when I saw it, I was like, this is it. This is a gift. From <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, Hey, we finna do this thing. You know, everything just lined up in this, this moment. And then it didn't. And then it wasn't there. Um, and so it, it takes us back to a place where we really have to reorganize, restructure ourselves and our mode of thinking and then re-energize because that's a huge hit as well going on that process uh, <clears throat> or going through that process. Um, and so like at this point, it just takes me back to the lessons that I, I feel like I learned in the first one being that emotional stability piece um, because those Offers will probably come a dime a dozen um, at, at this stage in the game. Um, but, you know, we can't, like, get too high or get too low. Like you said, Mike, got to be able to navigate that space. But the other thing, I think what was most important was being ready for those situations. 
um, because I can't necessarily say that we were ready for that situation if it hadn't ended up materializing for th into something else. But now we, we know what it looks like or what we need to have in our bag, I guess, to sit down with these types of people um, that are going to be negotiating these large sums of money and looking into getting, you know, certain shares of equity and things of that nature. Yeah, I think the biggest piece that kind of sounds from it is that you, I think you were ready is because you were ready enough to realize that you had to say no. So kind of getting to that point, the hardest piece in any type of thing that you're doing on your own is to be able to say no to an opportunity that you think was God given to you um, to realize that perhaps it wasn't you to say yes that was the God given part it's the part for you to say no to recognize that it doesn't match what your full vision was because you got to give something up that you're not really willing to give up right. and oftentimes people don't make that sacrifice because they say I may never get this opportunity again so you take it mm -hmm. and then you end up in a bad situation and you end up having nothing whereas if you say you know what no we're good that blessing is coming right after it because you were willing to say no to this one. Um, so everything is a test. And that's why I said, like, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Cause you can be high and say, yay, one o'clock in the morning, we got it. And by one o'clock the next morning, you're like, Oh, like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> that's a hundred percent though. It's, yeah. it's definitely difficult um, to not get high, uh, especially when you want it, you know what I mean? And you've been working hard, you've been putting in these hours and you, you do get excited, like Brett said, you know. Uh, I think at the same time, though, you can uh, – a way to look at it, I'm big on perspective. So uh, that's one of the principles I try to I try to uh, teach people. So one way to look at it, though, is that they did – they did invest in you in the sense of they expressed interest. You know, so they saw value like how you see value or how, does, how, how the team see value. So the fact that we had a, a company who was willing to bankroll that level of money, they obviously saw something in us. And you, you can – you know, like take that to the bank, if you will, quote unquote. So I think yeah. that that's one way to, um, to, to, to look at that. I wanted to control it too. Not like I just want to give you a little bit. Like I want it. Like, they, give me yeah. That. yeah. And I mean, that's definitely something to build on, man. I think that's a big motivating factor for us right now is because if one came and it was out of the dead of night, then what's, you know, the second one can come just like that. And the third one can come just like, and, it, and this was someone who knew, a little bit about the operation, but hasn't seen, you know, a, a full pitch deck, hasn't seen, you know, what the niche really is. So, you know, when you, you take those things into consideration and realize what you're really, really working with, it's like you really got something special. So I can't just really sell it, you know, and give it away. Now, if I can get in and be under the right circumstances, then all right, let's make that make sense. You know, if this is a stepping stone to something greater, then maybe I can figure that out. But I can't just give it away and then, you know, lose all of what I help or what we help build up. I think that, um, you know, one of the things you gotta think about is that because you all, one, you know your identity, you know what the big picture is. And with that emotional piece, what oftentimes happens is that we get excited about the money. Right. right? And that money makes you feel like, ooh. <laughs> and then you stop negotiating on the business aspect of it. And now you're negotiating on your identity, right? 
and, and who you actually are as the person having the idea or as a company. And you lose your right to now have that identity and that control of what happens. And this company obviously sees, obviously they're experienced, right? So right. they see the value that you all have and the money that they're going to invest. They're already looking at the return on investment and realizing that they wanted to get you all early and were hoping that you didn't have enough awareness of yourself that you would now just fly to the money. So man, kudos to you guys for not just jumping at it and rolling with it because a lot of people would feel like, Oh, we got an early and look what we got already, but what could you have had? Exactly. And, that's and the what would you have left on the table? And that's the part where a lot of people go astray um, in their goals and in their visions. And look, there's going to be ebbs and flows in everything that we do. Right. And if you don't, if you don't experience that low part, you'll never really understand the true value of that high part. So no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike drop. Right. right. <laughs> and hopefully that high part comes soon, man. I mean, we working diligently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pun intended. We work diligently, man, to craft something. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot more than money for us. Um, it's really about the medicine. And then it's really about what happens after the medicine. You know, the things that we can do within the communities that are most affected um, by the war on drugs with the minorities who aren't able to get into this industry. You know, we want to be a face of that and then help that along the way. So um, I think any company that doesn't really that can't see that and the value of that you know it's not any it's not a place that we want to be anyway there it is yeah when you can say no that's when you know you're grown you're ready to go from there but with that being said make sure you guys got your checkbooks ready because in a couple of weeks we're going to start those pitch that um i'm sorry the pitch meetings the uh, first round of investors so uh we're going to shoot them emails out to make sure y'all get a copy of that presentation or can log in and see that stream i got a ziploc bag of quarters <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I got some cryptocurrency right in there somewhere else. Oh, I wish right. Russ was here, man. I got five on it. Everybody. Bankrolling half of the operation. There it is. Everybody's dropping dimes tonight, aren't we? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. But man, look, let's look at <laughs> let's look at the real world experience of this right because we're talking about this one situation but how many things could you apply this to i mean you can apply this to people that had new year's resolutions oh, i'm gonna lose weight this year and they lost two pounds and got super emotionally excited about it and decided to celebrate that two pounds by eating a bunch of ice cream and and some steak sandwiches and and what happened they gained eight pounds off of that celebration so it's all about keeping that emotional. Remember, attach the emotion to the end result, not necessarily the small wins in between. Don't get me wrong. You need to recognize those small wins, those small accomplishments in between to keep the motivation going to get to the end result, right? And then in most cases, we all know that when you get to that end result, you realize that there's more. So you've got to keep that in check and build in your benchmarks ahead of time. When you build in the benchmarks ahead of time, when you hit it, it's no surprise to you and you don't end up having that 
overreaction of emotion um, and, and you're better able to handle it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Faison, man, we're coming your way, man. We got to get the arts corner in this week. Wow. I feel like we have so much more left to go. I was like just learning and enjoying. Um, all right. So I missed last week and um, Kara, Kay did some, some great uh, uh, impersonations of me, but I would have said at the time being, and you were 100% <laughs> correct. Um, you all know that even if I don't own it, I, I listen to it and watch on YouTube, which I um, sent my little comment that I was like, hey man, my Friday upload isn't ready yet, but we got it on Saturday. So hopefully you all went there and saw it. I had to listen to it in the car, but um, to the corner. This week, continuing on with that process. So, you know, you're going to get your taxes back. And this is the time of year where people tend to, like they were saying, go ball out or do something crazy or, you know, waste a little money here and there on things. What I challenge you to do is to take 80% of that refund check that you're going to get, doesn't matter how much it is, open a bank account up that's not your main account and let it sit there about six months. And then when you're ready to use it, you'll fill it. If you get it right now in your hand and you get it straight from your refund person provider, hopefully Confrotex, if you're not using that, then you get it back in, you have it in your hand, it'll burn a hole in your hand. But if you put it in an account that you're not going to look at, I suggest an Ally Bank account, a Capital One Three Sixty account, something that's going to require you to wait a day or two to withdraw it back out again. Let it sit there. Let it get some interest. And when you're ready to use it, you'll be actually ready to use it versus it being used in the moment, in the spare moment. 80% of the refund? 80%. Take it out. You don't need somebody, it. Somebody just felt that. They said, <laughs> I know. 80%. Think about it. 80%. Percent, you, first of all, you should never be dependent on your tax refund. That is not income for you. And if you were doing your taxes properly, you wouldn't get any money back. So the, problem, the fact that you're getting money back is means that you're not properly accounting for your taxes. They're doing it in the beginning of the year. Your W-2 is messed up. So uh, again, before, again. Um, so that is, that is, that is actual your money you had in a savings account with the government who got nothing for it. So now take that money and invest it in yourself. And if you can take 80% of that and put it aside, you already started an investment in yourself. Emergency funds, everything can be started with that 80%. I'm mean, giving you money to spend. You got 20%, but put that, have, it, have the dedication and challenge yourself to push yourself to get 80% in the bank account and not touch it. That's going to be the hardest 80% ever. But when you see it in six months and you look back at it, you're going to be happy you put it aside. That's an extreme challenge right there, man. I don't think you can put that in a regular bank account. You got to put that in some that's IRA. That's why you put it inside account. going to make it difficult to yes. pull out. Something that's going to tax you like 30%. <laughs> uh, no, you try you, to take no, that out. It should be your money. You, you put an IRA, then you're st it's stuck there. You put it in a Roth IRA, you're stuck there. You want to put it in a, a good savings account. Right now, Ally Bank is good. PNC Bank, if it's not in your area, PNC Bank's even like a good 2.25%, but they only if they're not in your area. Um, Ally Bank is great. Um, um, You're saying Ally, right? That's A L L Y. A L L Y, yes. Ally with Y.com. Um, they're doing 2.2% interest um, on your money with no minimums. You just put it in there. And then there is Marcus, uh, uh, Marcus by Goldman Sachs is giving 225 Another bank accounts online, and they all will give you, you can deposit quickly, but at least a day or two before you can get it back in your account. So you're going to get that impulse buy. You can't do it because you got to wait for it. So now you're planning to use that. Mm. 
So I have a question about that um that tax liability you were talking about. So with your personal taxes and getting a refund, if you do it right, you know, you wouldn't get money back, right? So you'd be getting the right amount throughout the year. Now right. I've heard that since for like a business, you know, you want your tax liability to be as close as to, to zero as possible. But how 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 does that translate over into your personal finances? Because I know like that is something that a lot of us look forward to, mm -hmm. um, given that, you know, we may put our deductions to seven or zero or whatever works for us um, throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, talk to talk to your CPA. You definitely should talk with someone to make sure you're doing it properly. So, you know, we're not, not CPAs on, on this podcast, but we can only give you the advice and lessons we have over time. Um, but you definitely, most of us, um, and this is just general, it's not just you no know, black or white. It's like most people of our age, um, I'm going to say probably 50 to below, have either put zero or one on W-4. Not thinking about, oh, I have a kid. I'm going to have a dependent here. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm, oh, I'm the head of the household, my family, doing this. There are many deductions. And I, I'm, not a, I'm not a genius on a new task code. That's why we have Mike here for that. Um, <laughs> but new task code is insane. But if you were you know, properly starting off the year with your W-4 that comes in properly, um, you, you legitimately, legitimately adjust your, your, your paycheck to the day now versus what you're getting. Your taxes will adjust based on what you're putting in there. So if you're putting in zero, you get the maximum out, you're gonna get a big check at the end of the year, cool. But all that money you put aside, you're getting nothing for it. It's just good. they're holding it for you in your bank account and their account using it and giving you back it at zero interest versus you doing it properly. Now, if you're not good with money and you know you're gonna do some taxes differently, blah, 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 then yeah, go ahead and adjust yourself and make it safe. If you're working with the CPA, they're gonna tell you, this is what you put down here. This is how you do this. This is what you got to do for, for your, um, the charitable deductions. They break it down for you for the whole year so that by the time it comes, you know, tax December, you're either writing all stuff, you're either going to donate stuff, you're making it work so that it works on the back of the end. But it's all about properly going to CPA. And, and as we start businesses on the, the podcast, we kind of all get together as groups. You're going to have accountants that are going to be able to manage you, your business, as well as your personal to help the mm -hmm. business grow better. So this is where you get into mindset. You're no longer thinking about SONCE as yourself. You're now a corporation. You are the corporation that is now funneling money from your corporation. So it, it goes deeper and deeper. And that first LLC or first sole proprietorship or for a corporation starts that role. Facts, 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 facts. So this segment has been brought to you by Compro Tax where we handle individual, small business, corporations, nonprofits. We provide you with free electronic filing, direct deposit, Walmart Visa money cards. And if you are interested, you can contact them at area code 216-282-4873 or email at comprofinancial at gmail.com. ComproTax, where your taxes are simple, accurate, and quick. Thanks. That, that was, was awesome. amazing. That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. <laughs> and it's literally, and it's, and it's almost like you can see the tax code being that message. Like, yeah. stop stop living off your tax refund. Get a job or go to school. Mm -hmm. Like, other than that, if you need it, we'll give it to you, but stop. That's it. Like, there's no other explanation to people being upset about the refunds because they plan on using it for a car. I plan on <laughs> right? this. I got all type of plans I'm doing for my Cody. No, stop it. Stop That's, it. It's the same when people get the bonuses. Oh man, I can't wait the bonus time. I, I get my bonus yeah. from work. I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm like, why? Like that—that's extra money you can use for something else that should not be something you're looking forward to. 
Yeah. And I told that to my, to my wife and she witnessed. So I'm like, do not count that bonus in. Oh, I only got this much this year. Only got, you should be happy you got that because you weren't expecting that. That is additional yeah. to what you needed. And if you're only getting it, then you've been doing the whole year wrong. Yeah, that's the credit, sir. Child hey, tax credit. Stop Era. taking jobs based on the bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that bonus coming out taxed at 35, 40%. Right? Right. So you're not even <laughs> seeing all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. J-Days, man, you got a fit tip this week, baby? Oh, no doubt, man. Um, I really, like I said, like I, I really want to focus on the, the mental and emotional side of it. So I want you to think about why you're eating before you eat. You know what I mean? Like what, what's driving the motion? What's driving the action? You know, are you doing it because you're legit hungry? You know, are you doing it because you just got a bad phone call? Are you doing it because you just, you know, relationship season, battle time, they didn't go so well? You know, what's driving the action? And I think that when we really take the time to really think about those those questions and challenge ourselves, uh, we'll come out on top more so, more frequently than not. Absolutely. Mike, did you not add to that? I had a question. I had a question. <laughs> he looked so, deep in thought. Yeah, so what if the answer to that is you're bored, but it's like 1045 at night? I think that, okay, that's a good question. Because eating is in the pastime. You know what I mean? Food isn't just something you just do. You know, it's food is uh, supposed to be energy. You know, we eat so that we can do something. It's, it's, what it's, that's what it's designed to do. It's calories for a reason. You know, a calorie is a measure of, of, of uh, energy. So, Eating isn't something you just do because you're just having fun with it. And a lot of times we do that. Uh, we do mindless eating. And then we next thing you know, we ate 1,500 calories. And, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 pounds later, we're like, how the heck did we get here? But that's what I'm saying. If you really, before you put that, whatever it is, to your mouth and just ask yourself, well, what's driving this decision? What's driving this action? Uh, a lot of times you will realize that, you know, I'm not really hungry. I'm just, like you said, bored or you know, maybe it is uh, emotional, and I need to I need to check that before I dive into this piece of cake because the, the whatever the solution not at the bottom. Another thing, Mike, man, we got to be careful, especially as men eating after what is it nine o'clock? Because that's when all of that acid reflux stuff starts kicking in, and you know you start sitting on it. Um, that's when them extra pounds come in. So I've always thought about that in terms of people saying eating late. So what happens to the to the gentlemen, to the women, to whoever is working third shift that nine o'clock for them is their wake up time? But they working though. So I, I think it has to do with the fact that they are up and moving. So your your metabolism right. doesn't slow down then, like it does when you sleep. So if you eat at nine right. o'clock, go to sleep at ten thirty, nothing's right. happening. Right, and their 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 circadian rhythm like has probably been adjusted to work towards that. You know what I mean? So they whole shift has just kind of been, you know, adjusted. And, and and I feel like, I think a lot of people don't realize that we're humans are very adaptable. You know what I mean? So we can, we, our bodies will get, okay, this is the pro, this is the program now. So I'll adjust to that. And yeah, 930 and you staying up to like two in the morning because you're working. Like you said, you're moving. So you're good in essence. I can attest to that intermittent fasting, bodies adjusted dramatically. Dramatic adjustments. So yes, that is very true. Two to ten. Hmm. Okay, we need to work on that. Or well, I there need to work on that. <laughs> there it is. Uh, before we go to you, Coach K, I want to remind all of our listeners to subscribe to the podcast. You can get us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. The videos on Vimeo and YouTube. Faison's favorite. Um, make sure you're following us 
on all social media platforms at 13 floor please um and get connected with us stay up uh let us know what you think leave it in the comments each and every episode coach k what you got this week sir closing this thing out i want to remind people that just because you are not a company or you are not a corporation doesn't mean that you individually are not a brand. And if you don't know who you are and don't have values, then you will always sell yourself at a discount. So I encourage you to go out there. And if you think about the most elite brands, you never see them go on sale. They only go out of season. So if you continue to improve yourself, you will never be out of season and you will not have to display the clearance rack version of yourself that just anybody off the street can come in and get you. There it is, man. I that, like it. Mm, Fire. <laughs> That's it, gentlemen. We done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. It's got to be for closing. <laughs> awesome. The 13th floor. floor. Yeah. The 13th floor.